racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Yes, this is a big, big podcast as we count down to the running of the Phoenix at the Meadows this Saturday night. The world's richest greyhound race, $1 million to the winner. That's just to the winner. It's such an enormous build-up to the Phoenix. And to chat everything about the Phoenix, it's pretty normal that we get Corey Smith on the pod. But, Smithy, something only we've done once before. It's a little bit different. What are we doing? Uh, we've invited my boss, so I think last time we spoke about a pay rise, we haven't quite got that yet, so maybe we'll bring it up again and then uh, throw him under the bus, but no, it's good to have Scotty on board for, for at least a few minutes anyway, he's a busy man. That's not what I meant, I meant that we're in the flesh doing it once again, but uh, just like last time, Scotty Woocatch <laughs> is here. Scotty, uh, how are you brother, what's, uh, what's been happening here, the big boss of the Meadows? Good to be back James, um, second appearance on the show, which obviously means I didn't bomb in the first one, which is great, uh, been a massive week, massive lead up into the Phoenix, but uh, only a few days to go now. Might have just been we're running out of talent, so you were here and I thought we'd go with you. Yeah, well, when you do the show here, I guess you haven't got much to choose from, no, so you've right. got me. Hey, all jokes aside, massive show. We've got uh, Peter Sadler coming on, the, the head boss of the, the Sadler Transport, who have uh, got a runner in the Phoenix. Uh, they've taken a punt there and, and gone with El Dorado, which I just love the fact that they're, they're a part of this Phoenix. We're going to chat uh, to Peter Sadler, and uh, if that's not enough, Jackie Greeno's coming on the podcast as well to chat about, wow, she's fast. Can she go back-to-back? So... It's such an exciting time, and Scotty, for those who are out there at the moment, uh, just talk us through the the build-up to this Phoenix and and, and what's been happening here at the club, and I guess making all the stars align in the lead-up to the Phoenix this Saturday night. Yeah, well, for me, starting the role back in May, it almost... um the, the discussions around Phoenix started almost immediately. So it's it's a long process that the race uh, sort of draws out. Uh, we have to organise the slot applications. We have to get them locked away. Then we start that process of talking about dogs. So And then leading up into the race, it's all about the event, you know, activating the areas on site and, and getting the slot holders areas that they can call their own for the night. So it is a huge build-up. It takes many, many months. Uh, only how many sleeps to go? couple of nights to go Um, and then then it'll be here the weather's starting to look a little bit better than it it is right now so um, yeah really looking forward to it and the trophy itself mate I'm I'm pretty open when I say a lot of the trophies they look pretty crappy (laughs) let's be honest but this one we've got it right in front of us this this is a trophy that you want to win isn't it absolute ripper at one stage someone was saying we should make our winning post look like this trophy it's such a brilliant trophy (laughs) so um yeah, it's, it's spiky. Uh, you wouldn't want to drop it on your foot or something, but, um, yeah, it's an absolute ripper, one of the best I've seen in the industry. It's not the aim, though, of winning the trophy to drop it on your foot, is it? But uh, can we give away roughly the cost of this bad boy? Because it oh, wouldn't be cheap, would I it? Think, uh, I think Smitty's the one that organises these sort of things. So Most expensive trophy ever brought at the Meadows, this? Yeah, definitely the yeah, most expensive. Yeah, that's definitely. all we need to know. That would be quite expensive. Anything more to add, mate? If the punters want to get to the Meadows Saturday night, it's not too late for general admission. Well, most of our uh, pre-sale areas have been booked out, which is great for mm. the club, but there is still general admin and dish tickets available f- available from dreamchasersfestival.com.au. What's a dish ticket? I think it's 45 bucks. You get entry, uh, a meal, oh. and a few drinks, which is great. Sounds all right. Good luck Saturday night, mate, and thanks for coming on the start of the pod. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. Run of the week. Run of the week time now, and how could it not be Amron Boy Smithy? How good was he last week? Oh, 
He was absolutely unbelievable. He showed exactly what he can do, and it was uh, it was good for it, for us to see him get that Group One monkey off his back. He deserved it, and here's how he went about it: uh, beating the kennel mate and brother Amron Dan in the Silver Chief at the Meadows last week. Racing, Landon Bale out fast on the inside, Amron Boy jumped away very smartly indeed, Amron Boy on the outside and Landon Bale early, they go to the back straight clear, over rejuvenate back on the inside, there came Amron Dan, followed by Eula Bale, next to the inside Scofflaw, followed by False Confidence and Triumph back at the tail, coming off the back straight though, Amron Boy dashed away in the Silver Chief, five lengths in front, Amron Dan is running on well, followed then by Landon Bale, and then came Scofflaw rejuvenate in the straight though, Amron Boy is a brilliant winner of the Silver Chief from Amron Amron Dan is close for third, Landon Bale, right there too, Scott Floor at the end with Rejuvenate. It's a smashing win, absolutely smashing win there, uh, Smithy, Amron Boy, it's what he's been promising to do, but 504 early, got the start right, when he gets the start right, they don't go with him. No, exactly right, he's one of the strongest dogs over that sprint journey, and for, for him to land where he did, it was all over, I was standing with a few people and they just said, he's home, mm. as soon as he lobbed where he did. Beaten Brigade, Rejuvenate, I thought he was unlucky, but he, he, he I wouldn't worry about that. He's 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 Amron boy eight months ago. Exactly right. I'd put a line through it, through his run. He just didn't. He just hadn't been pressured like that, and didn't really know what it to, what to do with it. He's big. He's gangly. He's thirty eight kilos. He's got plenty of room to improve. Who's the best dog out of the beaten brigade in that race? I think it's Rejuvenate, yeah. but I do like the early speed of dogs like Eula Bale and Landon. Landon Bale as well. So I think if they can split low fives, I think they can win a big race here or there. Saturday's preview. Saturday's preview, big program. And, Smithy, we're recording this early Wednesday afternoon. The fields were just drawn. If you want to get our final word, the best way to do that is racing.com or Racing.com. You and I will both uh, be strutting our stuff on there. We probably have heads for radio, so it's probably easier to listen to the podcast. But we will (laughs) save the best for racing.com on Saturday night. If you're on course, make sure you come pester us as well. We've had a good look at the Phoenix, though. We're all over the Phoenix. So that is the the main one. But we will go through race by race and, and just tip a few winners, starting with race number one. You've had a little bit longer than me to look at the form. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you tee off here with a 330-yard driver straight down the middle of the fairway, race one on Phoenix. Oh, I like your work. I can't wait for you to throw to me every time, uh, every one of these races. I'm going to be with the two unacceptable Sid. Hopefully we get a decent enough price that we can play it each way. But I was, uh, I've, I've been waiting for this dog to just break through. I think he's got a little bit more ability than he's been showing. I don't like the first race. I've only had a pretty short glance at it. I, I might even have... Uh, a little each way on number one, Yannick Bale. That uh, 29.71 might be enough. It's now two starts. Got to win a race like this. But unacceptable, Sid. Pretty reliable beginner. Race number two. You wouldn't believe it. I'll let you go first here in the Sky Racing Mix 6 and 7. Again, uh, not the, the easiest race to, to sort out. I've got this little soft spot for uh, Hippo Griff. I don't know why. He, he gets back all the time, but he, he can hit the line. He, he's, he's sort of been put in tough races week in, week out. He's against Ludo Bagman, Amron Boy, False Confidence. They've all sort of that silver chief form. So I said I was going to let you go first, and I've just blazed the way. But I'll have a small each-way bet, mainly a place on Hippogriff. Maybe a top four, same race, multi-type player. You must be a Harry Potter fan or a no, I'm Team not. Cockerell fan because you like tipping them. But number three, Serena Bale for me. Uh, I think we mentioned a few starts ago that uh, she's a stayer of the future and I think she'll get back and run on and hopefully run a hole for us here. Tell you why I love the, the Cockerells. Ludo Bagman last week tipped on top, $11, just goes bang and gets the job done. That's why I like them. Uh, on with Zara's Ivan here, just... Beautifully graded. He's a class above these. Nine starts at the Meadows, three wins. I'm pretty keen on 
Gonzara's Ivan and drawn box four. I think you called him the Melbourne Cup winner after the uh, pink diamond there. Zara's Ivan. Yeah. So well, he wasn't he, far away. He, he wasn't. He wasn't far away. But I'm with Eula Bale, who was very, very good in a heat of the Silver Chief, and uh, the, the, drawn out wide again. And I think if we can get across, Eula Bale will be winning. Zara's Ivan was ran down in a Melbourne Cup heat in ploughing rain by Yachi Bale, who won the Melbourne Cup. So my form, form, very good, very Great good. Form. All right, the Challenger match race. I love match racing. I think it's amazing for the sport, but my run of losses in a match race is phenomenal. I, I haven't tipped a winner in the match race since maybe October last year at the Country Cups. Like, it, it has just been woeful. I got Warnable wrong. Sale meeting last year for Cup Night I got wrong. Um, I'm due. I'm I, due. I, I don't think anyone will respect my tips in a match race because I did declare Titan Blazer as value at $1.25 at Geelong. And he got rolled. Yeah, so. and I was all over him too, and he yeah. should have won by a mile. He, he should have. But uh, I'm with Amron Dan in this one. I think he's, uh, he's coming into this in, in sizzling form. His, his run in the Silver Chief was absolutely enormous behind his brother. So we can't forget as well, these two are the uh, Phoenix Reserve. So they're, they're a chance of going in, and Kaizaya could, uh, could jump up into the match. Can I ask a question? What if he's no slouch and Amron Dan both get into the Phoenix? Does Kasai race himself in a match race? This is a big issue. We had a pool of six dogs and uh, and three of them, well, one of them, Zippy Tesla, has obviously already in. made his way yeah. into the Phoenix and then two of them have uh, come up with minor injuries. So we're, we, we were, yeah. There's no backup cast. plan? There's no backup plan at this stage, mate. So fingers crossed, uh, well... Hopefully for, for Peter this. Craig and Brooke Ennis, they get in. But, yeah, fingers crossed it doesn't happen for us because we might lose a race. He's no slouch and Emron Dan come out of this. I'll finally get a match race winner. So <laughs> that's what I need, Kasai getting a run. Uh, race five, City View Bistro final, one to six win race. Who wins this restricted win final? I feel like this dog, every time I tip him or back him, he uh, he gets rolled. So I apologise to Lee Moore. Exalted? but I've got, I've no. Got, no, I've got Lawless. Lawless on top in this one. Yeah, I like the red rough shot. Um, I just thought the win was good last time. Bouncing off a 600-metre win three starts ago. 5-12 to the first peg might be enough to lead. So I'll go with the one rough shot. The Whiskey Riot Classic. This is a terrific series with some uh, some interesting runners. And what is it? You have to be a fawn or a brindle to get a run in this. Yeah, so you have to have fawn or brindle in your colour. And Anthony, as a part, he's kindly donated a Whiskey Riot mm. straw as well to the winners. And he, he, he's just been a little bit cheeky there. If you see number three there, Salad Dodger, he's put his own dog in the race. So... Maybe he just doesn't want to dip his hand in the pocket and uh, give it out a straw, but I tell you what, we might throw him under the bus on the night. If he wins, the second place getter gets a straw. Yeah, or just one of the hard workers on racing.com, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Dundee Smokey in the race. So am I. Really? So am I. Dundee Smokey. Yeah. There's a lot of speed, obviously, drawn out wide in five, six, and seven, but Dundee Smokey, I think, is mm. the real deal. Race number seven, KCR Pet Transport, Heat 1, 5.25, the journey. I'm with Elite Alex. This was my run of the night uh, last week from Sandham Park. I thought his win was absolutely elite. Kalinda Chips bolted in in 25.60 at Warrigal last night, so that form's huge. He'll win. He's my best bet. And he, did, and he did run second behind Amron Dan as well, so it's he not might bad be form. my best bet too. Race 8, Houdini Boy at Stud, 600-metre event. Uh, tricky little race, this one. Uh, you've got Mouldy Matt for Matty Field, who likes to get out and run, and, and I thought the run was pretty good. And then you've got Tobin Frost, who's just that, that eye-catching greyhound every single week but doesn't win out of turn. Have you got one that can fill the pocket the race before the Phoenix? I've got a little bit of an interesting one here. Number one, Punter's Bandit. Okay. I don't think she's seen the track. She ran second in a Group 1 two starts ago. If, the, if you go back and watch these last two replays where she's run fourth, they're the most sick beats you'll ever see. Steps back up to the 600. I know she hasn't seen the track, but Team Lord did it with Corborn 
magic mm. and the bold trace. I think they can do it again here, Punter's Bandit. Okay, I've got no idea. I might have a little each way on multi-mat and hope he just crosses to lead. But, uh, yeah, close watch on Punter's Bandit for the Punter's HQ Syndicate. They're probably... Not too concerned about race eight, more concerned about race nine, the Phoenix, but we'll come back to that in a moment. Race number 10, how about this? The Green Light on podcast, uh, the race after the Phoenix. So that's a pretty good push for the pod. Aston Suzette, number two. Are you tipping your mate's dog here, Paul Diabella? <laughs> he gave me a bit of a clip last week after I tipped her, but she's run second again. So, you know what? I'm going to throw Paul under the bus again, and I'm going to tip her to run second because she keeps doing that every time I tip her. Calling you a non-chaser? Or? No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you'll run second. You thought Paul was mad last week. Go wait. Does, does anyone answer the phones around here? I can hear in the background. It just keeps ringing, doesn't it? Oh. Lockie, Lockie Goff's over there and he's not answering the phones. And they're Goff and Racing. They don't pay him enough. They're Goff and Racing now. Uh, what about uh, Zigzag Kabang? He's had one run in town, but he's the provincial superstar. I'm almost tempted to have a little flutter on him on the each way, but I thought it was a hard race. I'd be surprised if the winner doesn't come between 2-3 an eight, but um, I'm not really sure which of those three. Race 11, uh, another hard race on the card. This one, is there one that just stands out? Adelmo Bale's been really good lately. Yeah, I, I think I'm leaning towards Adelmo Bale here. I know uh, Gavin Clifton and Dave McKenzie have a big opinion of I'm back as well, for, but probably not from box eight, so I'm with Adelmo Bale. I'll agree. And then the the last race of the night, race 12, sports bet, same race, multi-heat number four. I'm with the pink in this one. Um, keep it black. Just be beginning really well and mixing it with El Dorado, Jackpot Joan, who races in the Laurels tomorrow night, and then the run to Kai Bale was pretty good here last time, and Kai Bale's just gone to a new level lately. So... Uh, I'm going to go the eight on it each way, hoping that Keep It Black can lead. Yeah, box eight, probably not ideal for Keep It Black, but as you said, been jumping really nicely. 5.09 last start of the first peg. Does that again, I think it'll be winning. What about uh, race number nine? Special little race, this one. Look at the prize money. Million dollars to the winner, 200k second, 150k to third, 100,000 to fourth, and then 50, 50, 50, 50. So everyone takes home something in the Phoenix. The slot holders, it's such a momentous occasion, I think, this Saturday night. And let's go through the draw. She's a pearl one. Patty wants Pats two. Eldorado three. Amron Boy four. Zippy Tesla now five. Well, she's fast six. Tiana Bell seven. McInerney eight. Amron Dan, he's no slouch. Firstly, odds-wise, she's a pearl. Amron Boy. They're the top of the tree, are they, Smithy? Yes, according to the sports bet market, $3.30 apiece for She's a Pearl and Amron Boy. Patty wants Pats in at five fifty. Wow, she's fast at $6. Big she doesn't price. often start $6. Eldorado and Zippy Tesla at 10s. McInerney's at 26s. And just about write your own ticket with Tyana Bell at 100 to 1. You hear about Tyana Bell not trialling here. <laughs> Dog's good enough to not trial and maybe win the Phoenix. Yeah, it's or at least they think she can go first up at a track, no problem. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting tactic by uh, Doug Gladman, but I'll tell you what, he's been in the game a lot longer than me, so mm. who might have question, uh, question his tactics, but it is a little bit different that he's, he's not giving her a trial down here, but uh, who knows, she may come out and just ping to the front. The Queenslanders did it last year, didn't they? They did, spotted, spotted out. out straight to the front and ran a, ran a very, very big race. Who wins it? Is it Amron Boy, the informed greyhound that, that just keeps keeps on racing well? I mean, he, he should have made the Melbourne Cup, and if you put him in the draw of Titan Blazer in the Melbourne Cup, I think he wins the Melbourne Cup. So um, I, I spoke to Brooke Ennis after the, I think it might have been the Melbourne Cup heat, um, and that was after the sports bet showdown. And, and I said, Brooke, you, you, to me, you feel like a deflated balloon right now. Um, she, she, just, she was just absolutely gutted. You could just tell the sheer emotion of, of this journey that Amron Boy had been on and what, it, what he could have done over the last few months. So to win the Silver Chief last week, I think was just, it just had to happen. Um, and now if he can win the Phoenix, well, the balloon's pumped up and all of that Melbourne Cup stuff would be forgotten.
Exactly. He's probably solidified himself as a stud dog with that Silver Chief yeah. performance. And if he wins a Phoenix, he's well, if he's not already, he's, he's the next big thing. And he's very, very impressive and in some serious form. And a little bit different to most of the other dogs who haven't been racing. We haven't seen many of them since Melbourne Cup night. So Amron Boy to continue racing through. It's a, it's a different tactic. It's a tactic that I like. And it'll be interesting to see how he goes. But he's going to be really, really tough to beat. But the one I can't go past from a punting perspective is, wow, she's fast. Six dollars. Yeah. I think now that Zippy Tesla's drawn to her inside, Amron Boy's going to want to try and get to the rail. As long as Tyana Bell doesn't frustrate her too much in the early stages, I think where she's fast will have enough room to Ooh. really, really show what she can do. And I think at $6, you can play an each way bet. She loves it here too. My numbers are 4, 6, 1 and 5 in the Phoenix. Hunters. Punting club. Hunters, punting club time. Uh, I'm going to go with our best bet of the night. Um, I think we both agreed Elite Alex was going to be the best bet of the night. So I'll have uh, 25 each way on him in race number seven. Are you thinking the I, same? I'm going to try and one-up you. I'm just going to go 50 on the nose <laughs> of Elite Alex. So we'll see. We'll see who's, uh, who's more intelligent. End of the year, I'm going to announce who's where on that uh, If that you chart. go back and listen to them all and, and put them in there, fair play to you. Because mm, I, I know your spreadsheet skills aren't up to scratch. So I know you, you haven't been keeping track. I've kept, I kept track, I reckon, until about October. And I've got at least, I reckon, 16 episodes where I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back to it, Smithy. Thanks so much for, uh, for joining me. And uh, yeah, good luck with the Phoenix Saturday night, mate, and the Racing Doc. Com coverage. I'm sure you'll star, but make sure you wear some comfy shoes. That's my advice. Yeah, no, I've I've learned that from <laughs> Top Gun night. I could barely walk by the end of the night. You and I are not built to be on our feet all night, unfortunately. No. See you next time. Thanks, mate. Inside info. Well, here's some important inside info. We're chatting to Jackie Greeno ahead of the Phoenix with the wonder from down under. Wow, she's fast. An amazing greyhound. As we welcome you, Jackie, to the podcast ahead of the Phoenix. How are the nerves a couple of days out from the big one? Um, the nerves are fine. I really don't get nervous because it's it's all up to the dog. It's not up to us. It's a good way to put it. I've always sort of thought that uh, personally I, I feel nerves can be a good thing, uh, showing that you care, but you obviously care. That's a, that's a $1 million race. Is that just, a, I guess, a talent that you can you can sort of go into races like that and, and not have the nerves? Because I know a lot of people say it's important to, to not let the dogs feel the nerves that you feel if you do feel the nerves. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the dog can feel nerves if people are nervous. And But then again, she's a dog who really doesn't care. <laughs> she just loves it. Well, she's that good. She can get away with it, I think. Uh, how, how is she anyway, Jack? Uh, wow, well, she's fast. I think everybody's absolutely falling in love with this greyhound from the moment she set foot on the racetrack. But how is she going at the moment in the lead-up? Um, she's going terrific. She trialled on Sunday. She went a, a, a hand slip at um, Sandown. And then today she had a run-up out straight here which is not behind a lure. It's just you blow a whistle and up she comes. Do you think it's – is it a plus that you won the Phoenix last year that this year you can effectively do a similar thing to what you did last year? Is that the way you've sort of trained her coming into this Phoenix? Yeah, that's exactly how we've – we've done exactly what we did last year. Trouble is we, we've got a worse box. <laughs> Just on that, Jackie, James gave me about three minutes' notice that you were coming on. So I couldn't do too much research, but I just wanted to research one thing. And so in the group ones that she's contested, she's been in four of those. She's had box one, five, five, and five. And I might be a little bit biased, but I think a Phoenix qualifies as a group one, even though it doesn't have that thing. And she's got four, and now box number six. So surely at some point, her her box luck needs to change, Jackie. 
Well, we keep saying that and we say it week after week after week and it doesn't. So we just take what we're given. You know what I think in regards to that? Obviously, it's unlucky, but I think, if anything, that just bolsters, wow, she's fast as a greyhound, to have been able to, to have done what she's done. And I think it was through the launching pad she she just drew terribly week in, week out through that whole series. And I sort of thought, no, nah, she's not going to win. She's not going to win, Jack. And she just, she just keeps yep. finding a way. And I think that's the the true making of a champion greyhound to be able to do it from anywhere. Exactly. Because, I mean, if you just hand her the good boxes all the time, people people just say, well, you know, she's had the good boxes and that's why she's won. Whereas most of the time she's done it, she's done it the hard way. And then box number six, obviously when the box draw happened on Sunday, you had plaintiff drawn on the inside who is a, is a dog that shows plenty of speed and does look to get across to the rail. You've now got a completely different dog to your inside in Zippy Tesla who he's going to come out last and he's going to try and push his way through. Have you, have you kind of seen the, the change in the box draw uh, somewhat as a positive, Jackie? Um, I think you have to take everything as a positive because hopefully the two dogs on her outside won't cross her. So really, basically, it's going to be up to her whether she whether she comes out or not comes out. And the draw itself, box number six, obviously a challenge. Who do you see as the the runner that you sit there doing the form on the night before? If you're if you're a Collingwood playing Geelong, you you fear your Dangerfields, your Selwoods. Who is it that you fear coming into this year's Phoenix, Jackie? Is there one that um, stands out? Well, I think you'd have to go Amaron Boy because mm. he's actually he's on fire at the moment. So I, I would say he is the main one. I've been saying to you for some time, Jackie, that I've been posing the question, do you think, wow, she's fast, is going as well as last year? And I think there was there was no doubt her form tapered off just a little bit after that unlucky run in the Adelaide Cup, and she, she had a few really unlucky performances. And I guess as a Greyhound fan, you start to worry that is the confidence sort of taken out of her. But you'd be fairly confident with the win in the Sports Bet Showdown, which was enormous defeating Amron Boy. The best and, match race I've ever seen. Oh, 100%. And, and just, just a fitting result. And the shootout win, that that would just give you... I know you kept saying that she's cherry ripe and you, you're confident that she's 110%, but that would just give that added confidence that, uh, that, uh, yeah. that she's going as well as she ever has. Yeah, well, she is going as well as she ever has, and, and you can tell by her trial times. But it, it's usually not her that causes the trouble, it's something else that will run into her. So, you know, she'll do what she can do and then it's, you know, get out of the way of the others. The team between you and the sports bet team, that, that must be something pretty special as well. Last year it was uh, it was phenomenal. The, we've seen the, the scenes of sports bet going absolutely bananas, blue everywhere. They're now sort of the, the number one fan of Greyhound Racing here in Victoria, number one sponsor. There's, there's a bit of loyalty about as well, which which must be nice going into this year's Phoenix with Sportsbet as a partner once again. Uh, absolutely. There was there was never any hesitation with going with Sportsbet because they, they've just been brilliant. So we were happy to go with them again. Can you just take us quickly into the inside of, of the dealings there? Because mm. I know after a few cordials last year, a few of the Sportsbet boys were already talking about going back-to-back not long after she won the first one, obviously, at, uh, at a very young age. So can you take us into how long the talks kind of went? I, I, I'm assuming it was a little bit of a, a just a, a tick and, and you moved on, Jack. Well, it was basically, you know, from last year, it's been going like the whole 12 months and it was sort of, you know, depended on how she was going, whether we decided whether we would go with her, with you know, and put her in it again. Were you, ever, were you ever not confident that she wouldn't back up in this year's Phoenix through the year? No. No, never. Never not confident. 
I love the belief. She's a, she's a wonderful dog. Good luck, uh, Jackie. We appreciate you coming on. The number one podcast in the game. And maybe, just maybe, you might win the new number one race in the game, the Phoenix back-to-back. And as I let you go, just quickly, it'd be nice to say you're the only greyhound and trainer to have ever won the Phoenix two runnings in, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would be nice. But I was certainly not going to go around spruiking that. <laughs> Good on you, Jack. <laughs> Thanks, James. Thanks for having me. Inside Info. I tell you what, this one's a little bit of a different inside info segment ahead of the Phoenix this Saturday night. We've got one of the slot holders, one of the key players in the Phoenix this year. Sadler Transport obviously being a, a key pillar with the uh, the slot of El Dorado and Peter Sadler, the big boss of uh, Sadler Transport, has been good enough to jump on the pod. And Pete, how are you, mate, ahead of the Phoenix this week? Yeah, good, thanks, James, and thanks for having me on. And, uh, and uh, yeah, look, it's been fantastic. Um, lead up to the race and it's been an exciting week and it's, it's, it seems to be building momentum as the, as the week goes on. It's uh, only Wednesday but um, yeah already it's the excitement's really starting to sink in around uh, my business and around all of the people. So there, that's great. There's no doubt there is a massive build up to this Phoenix. Can you, can you tell me first of all where did your involvement at all come in to, to racing? Where did, where did Peter Sadler first draw his eyes on the sport of racing as a whole? The sport of racing was, for myself personally, was uh, well, I've always been a fan of the horse racing, so um, the thoroughbreds, and um, that, that's been something that I've uh, had a bit of a passion for with you know, a group of mates from a young age. But uh, in terms of my business and, and the idea around getting into greyhounds, that was just a spur-of-the-moment thing that we did and come to realise that we could do something really, really different for our people, and uh, I heard it on the radio and made a couple of calls and... Um, had sat down with uh, Scott Wukatch, the uh, CEO of the Meadows, and Scotty took me through what they were doing and um, applied for a slot, and um, we thought it was a great idea and it was something different that we could do. We're a bit of an out-there company that um, likes to, you know, do different things for our people. We're very much a culture-based business, so, yeah. That's that's how we got that's how we got our start uh, in the greyhound industry. I had no idea but what I was getting into, but I've loved it since uh, since we started. So that's good. Can you take us through, Pete, the the kind of change in in the knowledge, not only for yourself but for everyone that that works with you, and um, and how they've kind of grown in their involvement in greyhound racing and and the knowledge. I know you've said on on uh, quite a few little media segments that you've done. You've been a bit Eddie everywhere in the last couple of weeks. It's been it's been good to hear. But he's uh, loving it too. He is. He's loving it. He's a he's a media icon. I think now these these days. But can you take us through? All, what what the the people that of Peter Sadler are kind of thinking about greyhound racing and what they've learnt over the past few months as you've gotten more and more involved? Yeah, look, I mean, as I said, we did pretty radical things, and it was it was something left the field, and, and we took it to the social committee and and said, you know, this is what we wanted to do, and um, once approved, um, we decided to spend most of our time uh, talking about it internally amongst our staff pages. Um, we've got some external communications and internal like any business and um, the guys and girls have followed it with interest and it's slowly been building on them and the idea that they can share in something special has been huge and and you know we wanted to do it for for one reason and one reason only and that's to reward um, a group of people that have really been working hard through COVID. I mean it was three plus years um, that we you know COVID's been around and our, our industry hasn't stopped at all and, and we've had some really, really loyal, terrific people that have gone the distance and um, been part of that 
and sort of never really had anything to look forward to through those times. I know a lot of businesses shut down, but we didn't. We kept going and um, we were one of those lucky industries and we thought what better way than chuck the Christmas party of a lifetime and, and the date lined up. That was the big key and um, then the idea that, you know, we can go after a million dollars and we can share it with, you know, not only the trainer and, 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 and the owners of the Greyhound but with, with my staff and, and um, the rest is history and, yeah, no, it's, it's the, the journey just keeps getting better. So I'm really, really wrapped. It's great. It's, it's been great a, for the business. It's a ripping story, uh, the, the whole journey so far. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about, obviously, the first thing is getting the slot. You then get the slot and you fall in love with the Greyhound by the name of Throttle from WA. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once we'd signed up, I was like, oh, righto. I better go. I better go back to school. I've, and I wasn't. I wasn't very good at school myself, actually, back in the day. But um, the idea to uh, go back and start learning different things in a, in a different industry, I had no knowledge of whatsoever. So I turned on. Pretty simple. I turned on Sky Racing on a Saturday night, and happened to be watching Greyhounds, and it kept going right through to Cannington and um, in WA, and watched a Greyhound called Throttle, and then started reading and researching. And I sort of, at the time, was offered some assistance from different people in the industry saying, well, you know, we can help you do, you know, find a dog, we can help you do different things. And I wanted to learn myself first because I think that's the best way you can do anything and decided to jump into it head on and got Christine Rabartson's number. And I like the idea of throttle because he's a young up and coming uh, pup. And I think if you look at all the slot holders, you'd say that it's a really different um, perspective that we're taking on it. And we're sort of the young up and comers and, and, um, Got talking to Christine, I was very lucky because what I soon realised that there was more people like her in the industry that are really passionate, really caring and um, have a great affiliation love and um, for the the greyhounds and the greyhound industry. And, um, you know, I didn't realise that I thought race names were, were, were the dog's names. But, um, you know, uh, Oscar, was, he was affectionately known back home. Um, I got to learn a bit about him and I was getting photos and understanding how passionate she was and David was about all the greyhounds that they had and, yeah, and, like, we, from that moment I was hooked into saying, okay, well, th- that's a great start point, but, you know, where can we take this? And, and um, yeah, the rest, I suppose, you know, we, we'd have, uh, we were quite disappointed when Throttle couldn't make it for the big race, but, um, and we, and obviously the story went on to, to find another one, but, um, but speaking to her first set the tone as to how we were going to go about um achieving what we wanted to achieve to arrive on race day uh, this Saturday. You've been really successful as a business operator um, and I, I feel like we just got a little bit of an insight into the person that you are, somebody who's who's willing to, to get out there and have a go and do it yourself. Do you think that that is also a, a successful trait to have, I guess, in, in being a successful business operator? I'm very lucky. I, um, you know, I, I whilst I'll, it's been good, you know, and, and the business has developed over the years, I've surrounded myself. I think there's a couple of keys. I've surrounded myself with good people. Um, you know, arguably my wife, she's probably the most inspirational person I've ever met in my life. And in, and in her own right, her success story is amazing with what she's done. Um, she's a franchisee of, of uh, 14 stores for McDonald's. But, um, She's, you know, her and I have challenged each other over the years, but I really, I really, you know, I encourage people to, to work with me to dream big. You know, I think the idea of, you know, if you can think you can do it, then, you know, apply yourself and you can do it. I think um, the idea of surrounding yourself with good people, dreaming big and, 
and uh, making dreams come true. Uh, they, they actually can occur if, um, if you've got a plan and, and if you, you know, you're willing to take that risk. And, you know, I've been renowned as being a bit of a risk taker over the journey and sometimes you fail, but most times you come out on top and I think the secret ingredient is, as I said, just having good people that come on the journey with you. And, um, you know, I couldn't be more prouder of the group that we've got that represent, you know, some 100-plus people that work for me. So we work for our business and our family business. Listening to you here, the thing that resonates most with me is the fact that you just keep talking about the people and surrounding yourself with good people and kind of almost deflecting um, sort of the glitz and glamour that we can kind of provide back back to your people and that's really important to you. And you, you obviously spoke about Throttles, the team behind Throttling, Christine and Dave Robartson and, and to me it just seems like it's a perfect fit that you've ended up with Daryl Holmes and El Dorado, mm. someone that's been in the industry for 50 years. He's quite quietly spoken. He's a very um, very knowledgeable <laughs> man, but it just seems like a great fit that you, that you guys have been able to come together. And I saw the photo of El Dorado in, your, in one of your warehouses with some of your team, and it just, <laughs> to me, it just put a bit of a smile on me, my face, Pete. It's just, um, it just seems like it's just a really, really natural fit. Well, we, I, like my ultimate aim is to is for everyone to be happy, and, um, and whilst we're doing that, I'd, you know, I've, I've met some great people along the along the journey, and um, Daryl's no exception to that. He he has been fantastic. Daryl is a great guy. You know, fifty years experience, seventy five years of age, and really really nice, polite, goes about his business, and. You know, he, he seems like a really good, genuine guy. I think he's probably sick of me already because he, he's like, you know, he's like, oh, we've got a chance. And I was like, no, we're just going to win, Daryl. Don't worry about it. We're going to win. <laughs> we're home and hose, Daryl. Don't stress. We'll be having red wine and beer all night, you know, and sort of my confidence is, is uh, slowly winning him over, though. I think, um, you know, keeping up to date, he's Eldorado's tip-top and Daryl couldn't have him any better for the race on Saturday night. So we're, get, we're gaining in confidence as, as the weeks go on. But, yes, it is people like that that captivated me because I think to myself, well, he's a guy that represents an industry that's, um, you know, that's growing traction now and um, he's been one of the good guys over the journey from what I've seen and there's been many that have been, you know, similar. But, he, you know, he struck us as being a really good guy as well as long with the Robartsons and, yeah, He's, um, you know, I, I think, I think he, he, as I said to someone the other day, he, we have, we've got some hats out there with our, our name on them. You'll see them all on Saturday night. But um, Daryl said, oh, I'm not wearing the hat at the box draw because it's got blue in it and I don't want box four. So <laughs> I was like, all right, we'll wait till it's after it and, and go from there. But um, he's, yeah, as I said, a terrific guy. And there's, there's been many more that I've met along the way. And I think... Um, if my, if my ultimate aim was to have all of our people share an amazing experience, because I think that that's the, that's the important message from me, then why not bring good stuff to the greyhound industry? Mm-hmm. Why not let the, you know, why can't we bring um, couples and families and everyone back to an industry that can be, you know, not supported by just, let's say, something is like gambling. It should be supported by families and people and fun and, you know, a bit of happiness and a bit of excitement. I think that that's 
that's the main message we're trying to deliver here today. It is a, it is a great outlook uh, toward the Phoenix. The journey itself has been incredible thus far. It's been great to get to know you. Great to have a chat on this podcast. And you said something just a moment ago that uh, you're confident you'll just win and that you're home and hose. Well, I reckon with Daryl's <laughs> last name being Holmes, I reckon on the Sunday morning we'll read the paper and it will say El Dorado, home and hosed. I reckon that'll be the, the way it goes. Good luck Saturday night, mate. We're cheering for you. And the the fact that you're, you're willing to get behind the sport brings so much interest to the sport of greyhound racing. We're, we're grateful for that and uh, we're cheering for you, mate, to run a, a massive race with the, the whole Sadler Transport team here at the Meadows on Saturday night in the Phoenix. So good luck. No, thank you very much and thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. I might even have a beer with you if you win it later oh. in the night. <laughs> if we win, you will, uh, you might see, you, you'll, you'll, be, uh, you'll be like a mosh pit up the top there in the terrace. <laughs> <laughs> and that wraps it up, Smithy. There has been a few little technical issues that the punters at home aren't going to see. My headset's played up all day, but that's been a pretty fun addition, I reckon, to the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast, wouldn't you say? No, thankfully, you're uh, an editor extraordinaire, oh. Jimmy Boy, but no, it's been an absolute pleasure doing it in person. Is uh, is a hell of a lot of fun, and I tell you what, it's going to be a ripping, ripping night on Saturday night. I'm really, really hopeful that everyone that can will get out and uh, get out on course, because I've had a few people say that they're expecting the best atmosphere mm. on a Greyhound track that they've ever experienced because it was last year and they, they're expecting bigger. bigger and better this year. So fingers crossed, it'll be a ripper. DJ spinning wheels again? or Yes, DJ will be spinning wheels after the last... Who's the DJ said. this week? Uh, Chloe Wilson. Oh, yeah. DJ Chloe Wilson. There so you go. Should be good. You won't want to miss that one, Jim. Racing.com coverage, you'll be a part of that. I'll be a part of that. I'm calling the race too, which is uh, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to uh, to that. And beers upstairs after the last, is that the plan? It, it'd actually be rude if, if I didn't. So, yeah, so I reckon it'll awesome. be big. I'm, I'm actually, yeah, this is this is like going to a nightclub on, uh, on Saturday <laughs> night. I'm looking forward to it, Smithy. Uh, yeah, get around the Phoenix this Saturday night, punters. For now, it's safe travelling and happy putting.